cheering for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Yes, a couple of weeks on and the achievement of the Breakers taking the NBL Finals to the dying possible minutes has still not been lost on any of us. It was a hell of a season. I Look, I've absolutely loved it around team culture, belief and that was led from within by new coach Modi Moore and their captain Tom Abercrombie. He's a good bloke, isn't he? He's more than our greatest hooper ever. He's a leader in our sports community. Of course, a father which he would have been doing a lot of since the hooter sounded. It's a good morning to Tom. Tom, I've got to say, mate, I've got to take my hat off and tip it to you. What a fantastic season. And uh, you've got to be happy with that after the last couple of years you had to go through. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, lads. Um, nah, very happy. Um, obviously, it's, it's always disappointing when you get so close and um, you don't get quite over the line, but very, very happy with, what we're able to achieve this year and, and bouncing back from the last couple of years and you know a lot for us to be proud of. Have you fully decompressed what was pr- a pretty crazy season like after that final hurdle there'd be a lot of what ifs going through your mind but you, yeah like you said you'll be extremely proud. Yeah now getting there it's look it, it, it's, it's a tough one we were so close and mm. to go to a game five and really really could have gone either way at the end there um you know, it it's it hurts and it will hurt for a for a while. But uh, look, if if you'd asked me at the start of the year, you know, would we be in that position? That was it was never really um, the goal. Obviously, you always hope to be on that stage um, come the end of things. But for us, it was about building that um, that culture back up and reconnecting with our fans and and playing a, a style of basketball that people could be proud of and trying to build something at the club and. Yeah, we we came a, a heck of a long way in one year, so excited that we've got a, a pretty good base to build on now. The benchmark, Tom, I'm I'm going to say that you guys have set the be- the the bar so high for teams such as the Warriors and in every super team that's running around at the moment, travelling into Australia and doing what you did. What what was the difference, mate? What was the difference in those five games um, that you can put your finger on? Uh oh, man. Um, it was a look. It was a tough series. I think we we came out in game one and able to steal that one over in Sydney, and I think we we shocked them a little bit. Uh, game two back in New Zealand is, is yeah, that's one that's going to hurt for a while. We had a a pretty golden opportunity there, or well, they were they were down on a couple of guys to to go up 2-0, and we we didn't play our best game. Um, in that game two, we sort of played not to lose instead of playing to win a little bit, and, and that one hurt. Mm. But uh, you know, a five-game series, as we learnt as we went along, is is a long, long slog. And no matter what happens in each game, it's a you know how you win or lose is kind of irrelevant. And and you move on and refocus. And you know, we were able to. Was we lost game three, but you know, came back in game four when everyone expected them to win and put in a you know heck of performance. That, that that game four at Spark Arena sold out was the best basketball environment I think I've ever been part of. It was just a really special night. And then, you know, you go to a game five, it, it's it's anyone's game and we, we had our chances as I said and put in a, a pretty strong performance that we can be proud of. Um, but just came up a little short and unfortunately someone's gotta 
someone's got to lose in these situations and you know you never want it to be you but uh we'll certainly learn from it mate the the, the best fans to boot the the Auckland fans they come out in droves and they support you it must be such a good feeling when you run out onto that arena and the crowd is absolutely cheering but you've been in that environment for so long the evolution of the MBL like what can you pinpoint the difference from when you started to where it is at now? I think it's such an amazing league, and it's so good to watch. Oh, it's completely night and day. You go back and watch um, <laughs> some of our games from, from the early years or our championship games. and the type, I mean, you know, we, we were good teams, but it was a, it was a different style back then. And, uh, you know, I go back and watch some of those highlights. I'm like, man, like, basketball's come a long way, and... We've come a long way as players. The, the level of general sort of talent, the level of talent for local players and imports, and now you've got next stars like Ryan and stuff coming through. The the level of talent playing and the level of coaching has just gone up a, a huge amount, and it's a yeah, it's obviously turning. Well, you know, I've always thought it's a it's a pretty exciting sport and league, but you know, people are starting to understand that now and appreciate that. And obviously, us being able to be at home and put on a product in front of our home fans. We don't take that for granted anymore. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been wonderful to see how far it's come. And obviously the game is exploding here in New Zealand and Australia as well. Um, and, you know, the NBL has been, been at the forefront of that. Hey, Tom, everyone's, you know, some clutch, everyone's watching some clutch plays in the in the final series. Everyone's wondering, you know, Tom Abercrombie, he's getting better with age. What's what's your horizon look like? Like, you're going to be around for another 10 years? <laughs> Tell us! 400 games! <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, not, not sure about 10 years, fellas. But, um, look, I, as I said before, my, my whole sort of aim going into last season was just to enjoy my basketball again after the last couple of years. And... Um, you know, still, still be able to contribute to my team and um, contribute to winning and uh, enjoy that environment, and certainly did that this year. So, um, no, I'm a free agent at the moment, which is a little bit of a weird position to be in. Look but, out! Um, you know, certainly, <laughs> certainly, certainly talking to the guys at the moment, and um, you know, I think that think the plan is to try and come back, but um, you know, we'll have those discussions over the next couple of weeks and hope we can get something sorted. You know what happens when you run the free agency, mate. The world's your oyster. Get me paid, <laughs> Mr. Tom Abercrombie. Look, Tom, obviously we know the influence you've had on the court, but off the court, mate, you've been out, you're a family man. So what does life look like for you off the court? I know you're so immense amongst the community and you do so much great work. What does life off the court look like for you? Uh, yeah, look, it's pretty busy, man. Like I've got, I've got three little ones um, I'm sharing sort of custody with, and I've got my girl watching Peppa Pig at the moment, screaming to me while I make school lunches <laughs> while I'm talking to you guys. So I get pretty good at multitasking and doing different things. Hold on, darling, I'm just on the phone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's Love pretty it. busy. <laughs> yeah. Put her on, Tom. Put her on. <laughs> you want to speak to her? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's all you about you. Phone porter. <laughs> Okay, will you be quiet then, please? Okay. Sorry, lads. Carry on. <laughs> no, you're all good. You're where, all where good. Hey, <laughs> you just, just life. Like, we all want to be athletes forever, but that's not a reality. And you need something to fall back on. What what interests you, Tom? Um, well, look, I've, I've always tried to prepare myself sort of as best as possible for, for everything and doing a bit of study at the moment, actually, on top of everything else. So, um, nice. Next semester, back to uni, doing my um, masters in business administration, and um, you know, who knows what sort of 
the world holds for me after basketball. But um, yeah, I'd love to stay involved in the sport in some degree and hopefully at the club and keep um, keep contributing to that. So we'll see what happens. Hey, Tom, you've, you've had some, you know, Andre, Andre the, the types of coaches that you've had all the way through to Modi. Like, has coaching ever interested you? No. <laughs> <laughs> why? No. I don't know. I don't know why. I've just, uh, yeah, I've always been, always felt like my future lay in, in different directions. And you know, coaching's not an easy life by any means. Those guys work their absolute butts off. And, um, you know, it's not like being a player when you're going on the road and, getting to put your feet up and relax and things like that. These coaches are working non-stop and up late at night, crunching video and things like that. And, um, you know, there's elements of, of that life that I could see myself doing. But um, as I said, I, I think I can see my skills being better used elsewhere. But, you know, never say never. Totally agree. Couldn't think of anything worse than being in the coaching realm and uh, having to go through that laptop watching clips and oh, all, all the above. But mate, um, look, you've had a long, illustrious career. You've, you've achieved so much and you, you should be extremely proud of that. And it ain't over till it's over. But is there anything you'd do differently throughout your career? It's something that I get asked all the time. And I'm like, well, there are certain things I would have changed. Is there anything that springs to mind that you, you thought maybe I should have done that differently? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a tricky one. And um, I think there was, there was always opportunities earlier on in my career to sort of go over to Europe and um, explore that sort of route of my career. And uh, it was really after the, it was the 2011 World Cup in, in Turkey where I um, sort of burst onto the scene and played played some really good hoops there. I was young and um, had a number of sort of opportunities at that stage, and it was a bit of a crossroads. And I obviously decided to, you know, stick at the the breakers in the NBL route and um, forge my career here, which I've obviously been more than more than happy with. And it has allowed me to have some small opportunities in Europe, sort of post season. Um, I was able to play over there for four four years in different situations, but you know, never really threw my hat and fully into that ring and, and seen, seen what could have happened. But um, it's one of those what-ifs, say, like I'm, I'm very happy with the choice that I made, mm. but um, obviously things could have gone a very different direction if I'd sort of given things a, a go over there. Um, you know, European basketball is a, a tough nut to crack, especially as a Kiwi without a um, European passport. You're essentially competing against Americans for import spots, and it can be pretty tough. So, um, yeah, not not don't regret... Um, not doing that, but it was certainly one that I think about. You know, had I had I done that, um, how different would my career have been? Um, but uh, yeah, one of those what ifs. That's normal, mate. We all go through it, but just just be extremely proud of what you've been able to achieve here in New Zealand. We're, we're, as fans, we absolutely love it seeing Tom run around. I went to a Breakers game a few years back. I've actually got a Tom Abercrombie uh, singlet that I have uh, sitting here in, in the locker oh, yeah. there. But it doesn't fit anymore, so but that's okay. I'll have to go up <laughs> go up a wee size or two. Hey, just just quickly, mate, look, you you something close to your heart. Heart Kids New Zealand. Little Heart Day. How did that come about? And can people still chip in? Uh yeah, look, you can always always help support. It's not just obviously Little Heart Day is, is the one day sort of the year that they, they trumpet it and um try and uh, gather a bit of attention. But um 
you know, they're always looking for people to come and support them. Um, my little girl has a electrical defect in her heart, which um, basically stopped when she was about, I think, 14 months old. Um, and so we were in and out of Starship and out of the heart ward for a, for a couple of months trying to figure out what was going on with her. And she's subsequently had to get a pacemaker put in at a very young age, which was um, you know pretty scary. But in the grand context, there's some there's some kids uh, in that place and families going through some incredibly tough times. Um, obviously, any time the the heart's involved and you're in in hospitals and things, it, it's not a nice time as a as a parent or as a kid. Um, and so those guys certainly appreciate any support they can get, and it's been been an honour to be sort of involved with them um, since my time there. And uh, they do a great job, not just myself, but um, you know, anyone who sort of comes through there. You're, you're part of that Hart family for life, and they do a great job of connecting with you over the years and keeping in touch. Um, so yeah, fully fully encourage people to to support that cause. Oh, you're a wonderful role model, mate. And the best thing about it is with all your success on the basketball court around New Zealand, everyone knows you, Tom Abercrombie, the basketball player. Well, at home, you're a daddy, change the channel. Oh, I'm sick of Peppa Pig. And that's the reality. It's absolutely <laughs> outstanding for you, Tom Abercrombie. Hey, mate, we appreciate you coming on the show. And whatever you do in the future, um, be extremely proud because the whole of New Zealand is, is proud of what you've been able to achieve. So all the best in that decision-making and enjoy family time, mate. Appreciate your time this morning. Awesome. Thanks, lads. Appreciate you having me. There is Tom Abercrombie. That was our More Than An Athlete, brought to you by Tremaine's, bringing people and property together in our communities. One of the all-time greats, but an absolute gentleman who uh, we, we just love it, seeing the father figure that comes through and through. And um, he's one of those, mate. Three kids. Um, you know, he's going through a little bit of adversity at home with his, with his children and their health. He's a role model, and he's... Um, Puts his kids first, which is which is great to see. Kimpy holds it all. Four hundred games. Oh, he's close. What a good. Would you have a crack at it? What a good. Bl- I, I think course. he's like couple of games out, isn't he? Yeah. Of course, of, course free, you, of course, you would. Free, free, age, free agent. You know that mm. is. He's. Uh, I'll tell you what. He'll be field. He'll be fielding offers left, right, and centre. But he's a. I think he's a Kiwi at heart and wants to stay here with the Breakers. Hopefully, he signs. I'd. I'd look if it's a if it's his four hundredth game, we're going. One hundred percent. I think he's played three hundred ninety nine. I think he's like three nine nine, not out. I think it's something close to that. So that's obviously a decision he'll make um, to to come back and have another crack. Yeah, it is three hundred ninety nine games. So <laughs> I'm sure that's enough. Um, well, that's something to to maybe push him through for another year. Get out there, play one game. All you have to do is play thirty seconds. Sub me off. Come on, coach. Bodie Moore, do it. We want to see him reach 400 games in the NBL for the Breakers. Such a good career that he has um, endured over the last wee while. Great catch up with Tom Abercrombie. I'm more than an athlete. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back and have a catch up with Paulie Mowati. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Can Super Rugby, a big weekend for the Battle of the Bombays, a derby weekend ahead, Blues v Chiefs, Kane v Papali'i, who is the country's premier open-side flanker as it stands today, and Chris has come through, morning lads, with my eye patch on, I believe Matt Todd even now would run rings around those boys, Toddy's back in the country too, great to see Toddy, eye patch off, I think Sam Kane has found some really good form and is looking more like the Sam Kane of old, so would be starting him at seven. That is from Cam, and I totally agree with you, Cam. I think Sammy Kane is our incumbent, and I think he is in absolutely outstanding form. Is injury-free, 
that is so good to see. And when Sammy's injury-free and he can be able to play at free will, free-spirited, he's very devastating. So for me, it has to be Sam Kane in that position, and uh, he'll be our potentially he'll be our captain later on in the year as well. For you, lads, Kempi, start with you. What ha- what's happened to our big number eights? Is he? You remember when we were at school and the biggest player in our team was the number eight? You know, look, he picked up the ball from the back of the scrum and just beat people up. If you tried to if you tried to tackle him, he'd give you a hiding. And if you tried to run around the side of the scrum, he'd give you a hiding. You know who my best number seven is? Artie Sevier. Who? Mm. Artie Sevier, by a, by a country mile, is our best number seven. And the reason why he's our best number seven, because I don't think we've got a number eight like Buck Shelford that used to beat you up when you come around the side of the scrum. Love it. So you've gone Artie Savia to play seven, so that leaves the door open for an eight and a six. For you, Louis? Yeah, well, Kempi and me reading off the same Google Doc today. I was word for word. That's exactly right. Uh, completely, completely agree. I think Artie Savia is head and shoulders the best open side in the country in our Premier Seven. Could, I, could, you, I, could you imagine that, Louis, that Artie Sevilla played number seven? Like, in the world today, given the given the fact how Artie is playing, if he was number seven, he'd be in the same realm as Richie McCaw in my books. But because I, he's I, playing number eight, he's getting, you know, he's getting, I guess, mixed messages. It's a great point. Like, Artie Savia is going to go down as one of the great All Blacks to have a very strange career because he probably didn't get a chance to be as great as he could have. And just as he started hitting the peak, the peakness of his powers, he got moved because a captain also played his position, even though he was better than the captain at that position. So it's a really, really tricky one. If you played Artie Savia's career out 10 times over, he probably goes out of one of our greatest open sides, 6 or 7 of the 10. Well, there's that. Artie's playing eight, so who's playing seven? Kane or Papa Lee? <laughs> well, they, they're playing six. They're playing six if Artie's playing seven. And do, does that bring your big man from Christchurch into the into the mix? Or, like, I, I actually think we need to, like... Ethan's fit. He plays six. I think Artie will play eight. And then one of Sammy Kane will play seven. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, That's, but, we well, don't have a number eight. Yeah, I know. We don't have a number eight. No. So we have to play Artie somewhere. You got Papa. You got um, Hoskins Satutu Akiriwani. They haven't. They haven't shown enough. They've shown glimpses, but they haven't shown consistency throughout that. So we need to fill that eight. Artie will play eight. So you've got two options at the seven right now. Kane Papali. What do you think? What do you think, Izzy? Because you've been there. You've stood behind them. Kane. Sam Kane. Sam Kane. Sam Kane is is the number seven. If Artie's not available, if Artie's playing eight. Sammy Kane plays seven, and he leads our team. Well, there can, you I just, go. Bang. can I just can I just want query though? Is he is that because it's slightly different? Is who do you think our premier seven is? Sam Kane. Okay. Well, I Sam reckon Kane. I reckon it's Artie Pre- Sevilla. Uh, <laughs> our our premier, our premier. Well, I just said, look, obviously Artie is very very good. Don't get me wrong. At the, at the Hurricane, he's very good in the seven position. They've got Tupacy Kirifi, so we just don't see him there enough to allow me to, to go on. Don't, oh, mate, he is our best player in that full pack by far. I, I Don't get me wrong. I totally agree with what you're saying, but he isn't playing there at the moment, so we have to pick the players that are playing in that position. If Artie was playing seven, dead set, hands down, no no contest. He'd be in there. He's, he'd probably be skip, skippering the team, potentially. But he's he's not. 
and Sammy Kane is playing there, so I just have to go down that that line. You know, so you, yeah, you know keep the, that debate. I know, but I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna play like devil's advocate here. Okay, so Razor comes in, mm. and he says to Artie, "You're my number seven, and you're my skipper." But you won't though, because he's gone. I, but maybe it stops him from going. Does <laughs> no, he's not? Does it, he's going, Hunk. Like, he's off. He's signed. We, me and me and Neeps had this conversation <laughs> yesterday. With Scotty coming in, does it stop people from going because he actually has that conversation? Nah, he can't. He won't stop him. He, he, he's already Richie Moang has made his decision because that's his quarterback. That's his franchise quarterback that wins him games, and he was gutted he's leaving. But he's gone. He's off. Ari Savia's off. If he was staying, 100% that'll be a seven. He loves Ari Savia. I love it. Love the debate. We've got to shoot off. We'll come back and we'll pick up uh, more after this. We've got some headlines and then we'll continue these conversations, you devil. You. Devil you. <laughs> love it. Big news yesterday, lads. Severis, you announced it in the in the news. Severis is out. Severis is out. Uh, Kempi, Louis. He's ruled out of rugby for the remainder of the years. ACL was damaged in that Blues game. Opens the door for uh, for a vacant wing position. Look, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think that outside backs is hotly contested at the moment. Mm. And Severi's inclusion was never, ever guaranteed. There's so many players putting their hands up. But for you, this injury opens up the door. For who, Louis? Um... Gee, it's a good question. It's a great question. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Um, <laughs> Sean Stevenson, I guess. Hundred percent. Yep. That's Probably who the we're talking about. Off yeah. The bounce. You rattle them off. You rattle them off, Kimpy. You have Sean Stevenson. You have Celesi Rayasi, who's yeah, there or thereabouts. Lester Fanganuku. Uh, Mark Talia. You even throw in oh, a little yeah. AJ Lamb in there, mm. potentially. There is so much quality. Sean Stevenson. What I actually like the, Sean at the back. What about the depth? At fullback. The depth is huge in the outside. So, look, look I'm actually at peace. I, I, I feel for Sevu, and you never want to see a player go through any sort of injury. But his loss is someone else's gain, and there are so many gains out there at the moment in terms of the outside backs. When you write off that list, it is absolutely freakish and devastating. So I'm probably leaning towards more of Sean Stevenson, but I'm actually leaning more towards him on the outside uh, at fullback. I think he's so good at fullback, and he is has to be in Ian Foster's uh, mind right now with the way he is playing. And with Jordan, um, Will Jordan's exclusion from the team with his head knocks, well, I'm pretty sure he's a dead-set guarantee in that position. But the wing position, when they, when they go to the World Cup, they'll take... Four, four potentially maybe five outside, maybe four. If they add in a Damian McKenzie, you can cover ten and fifteen. You take four, so you got left Safiang and Naku. Has he done enough? Mark Talia, with how important he was on the end of year tour and how he's going with the Blues, has he done enough? So if you think of the outside backs, who is the dead set guaranteed outside back we have right now? Sean Stevenson, hundred percent. Mark Talia. <laughs> Honestly, is playing... apart from Sean Stevenson. Oh, Mark Talia. You yep. have to. You ha- did you watch that game last week? Like he's got spiders mm. on him. No one, no one can touch him at the moment. The way he's he's uh, he's attacking, you have to have him in the picture. Where, um, if you're heading up 
to that northern hemisphere at the end of the year. It's I know, look, I know it's it's bad, um, it's bad luck for Sevu and and what's happened, but you know um, it's an opportunity, and I think what this does for the All Black selectors is it really defines who they need to look at. Because do, doesn't it, when you think about it, Sean Stevenson has been knocking on the door, can play. Like, dead set can play. Both codes, I think he'd make a great rugby league player. But Mark <laughs> Talia this year, honestly, has jumped out. Like, he's, is he, like, Animo? He's five links in front of every other winger. <laughs> he's very, very slip. So here's our guaranteed. So here's, here's your guaranteed uh, position, the incumbent winger. You build your team around him. Louis, for you, who is the dead set certainty in that outside back? I think I think Kempi's actually right because, mm. you know, weirdly, it, it doesn't feel like it should be, but I actually think Mark Talea now mm. in the current landscape because... Sevu Reese is gone, and you don't know what's going to go on with Geordie Barrett. Like, mm. is I, I don't know. I can't, couldn't. If you put a gun to my head and said, "What? What? Where are they going to play Geordie Barrett?" I still don't know. I think mm. it'll be second five eight. But then, what happens if you know Jack Goodhue and Anton Leonard Brown find vintage form before the World Cup? You know, like where, where are they going to? What are they going to do with the centres? Which so so I actually think with that much uncertainty around everything else, the only pl- the only position that is nailed in right now with Severis's injury and Will Jordan's situation, I don't think Sean Stevenson walks straight into fullback. But I think Mark Talea is his starting fourteen, and and that is quite a bizarre place to be in because three mo- uh, four or five months ago you would never have said that. Mm. Yep, totally agree. Mark Talaia for me. I think if Will Jordan continues with his head knocks, I think Sean Stevenson will get a start in the first test if he continues this form. I think well, Geordie Barrett in the other sites is a 12, and that's his position. And if I'm going to pick an outside centre that is outside, you've got Rico, you've got Jack Goodhue. If Jack Goodhue is fit, I'd probably head to help towards down the, the Jack Goodhue mould, having him in the centre role. And then that leaves the door open for Rico Yuani potentially move to the left wing. And left wing is a place, a position that he has played a ton of, and he knows how to play that position. And it's some a position I actually find him more devastating in. Um, but then that's obviously Lestifying and Niku's op- opportunity there, who has been in fine form. So it's a debate that could go on for a very, very long time. <laughs> it's just starting to get cold outside. The clouds are darker. And as most people look to rug up and bunker down for winter, we know one horse trainer that will just be starting to get into his work and bring the wet trackers on for winter. He's got a small but fast team at the races this weekend, including the budding star, which is Seamus Ellen Sharrock the Shake. Of course, we are talking about, and he is on the line right now. He would have just rolled out of bed. Morning <laughs> now. How you doing? Shattered out, Izzy. I've done half a day's work while you're asleep. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, you you're up early. Ah, <laughs> uh, always got Tony here. <laughs> he had to, he had as, to get me out of bed. Mother calls him Tony. <laughs> I told him that. Al, I told him that this morning. Only my mother calls me Tony. Mate, well, I'm starting to feel street, like his I'll mother, so I'll better call I'll him walk- Tony. <laughs> yeah, I've walked down the street with him, and people are yelling out Tony. I said, They're talking to you, really? He goes, Really? <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Al, obviously a big uh, weekend of racing. Seamus lugged 60 kilos again, but geez, he was str uh, strong last time after fresh in. He'd be hard to stop in race six on Saturday, wouldn't he? Yeah, mate, his work suggests he's come through it good. Um, it's a big impost, is, but uh, he all but did it last start in race for two months. So um, young Sam Weatherly got a freakish ride up the inside and probably the big boy didn't even see her coming. So, um, yeah, I was proud of him, mate, but, you know, I, I nearly put him in the paddock. I'd just like to give him one more, and we've got Owen Patrick on. So that probably would help him a wee bit. If he'd have drawn out, I would have put him in the paddock. But he's drawn a reasonable marble, so we're looking to give him his last run and put him in the paddock. So so what's Tavitak's plans, Al? Um, you know, you've got him in the same race. What are you thinking? Yeah, he's, he's if he races well, they work together on Tuesday and uh, their work suggested there was nothing between them. So don't rule him out. Um, he'll possibly go to the Easter, uh, Pukekohe, if he races good on Saturday. Grillsy rides him, and uh, I've got two good hoops and two reasonable draws, so I'm in it right up to me teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it's hard to pick. When Al puts horses in, there's a reason why he's putting the horses in. He's got a front row look at these two absolutely outstanding Tavitak and Seamus. A horse like Seamus, is he a Foxbridge plate Tarzino trophy winner come September? No, Darcy Labella will be in those. Is he? he didn't really come up in the spring how I'd like him. I'm going to wait for telegraphs and Thornton Miles for him. And, I, you know, I think he's a wait for age of course all next year. I've just, uh, to the listeners, if you follow rugby, he's like a big green lock and he's got to grow into himself. So he's had a cushy season, four runs this year, and I'll just park him for next year. Hey, Al, talking about rugby, because you, you've got a great eye, what's your best back three trio? I said Cullen Grace... I said Artie Sevier at seven and Blackadder on on the on the blind side. Who would you like to see on the All Blacks back three? Yeah, well, I don't think you're a mile away. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky one, Matt. But I've always thought Artie's more a seven than an eight physically. You know, he does a great job wherever he plays. But as a physical specimen, you'd say he's a seven, a roving player. Um, yeah, and, and you can't knock young Blackadder. He's tough. We need someone there that can handle a uh, handle and hand out a bit of pain. You know what I mean? That's what our games. That's what our games always been about. You know, and I think we're starting to steer away from it. We've got to dominate a game. You know, but Guzzler's going we good, is he? So um, well, he just keeps coming up like a good horse, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets better with age and experience, old Guz. He ain't slowing down anytime soon. He's going to catch that yen towards the end of his career. But Sumi, race three at a nice each way price. Yeah, it's uh, it's worked super. Um, yeah, and it, it went a nice race. They put the money on early at Wellington, and then they backed off as she drifted. Um, she was always vulnerable second up, but she was only beaten half a length. So. Um, I would suggest if she's not close to winning Saturday, she'd win the start after her at 1,400 metres. She's a tidy mare, and um, her work's been real good, has he? Just ask me. The A-Team machine producer loves producing cash. Where's Just Ask Me at? Uh, here it's after a wee nice home. Yeah, no, he had a jump out on uh, Monday. He had one gallop going into it, so he was, he was portly as Kempe. Um, <laughs> and the girl that rode him said uh, he felt... Did it actually jump out this time or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did. 
the girl that rode him, the Crystal Lindsay, she works for Sweet Pea up north, and she said, geez, he felt good until he blew out. I said, he's like that all the time. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but like his but like his owner, went good over 10 metres, but couldn't, ha- couldn't hold on to it over the next 50. Hey, mate, what, yeah. what do you think about the crop of three-year-olds out like that, that we've got running around? You've obviously watched the races. Um, man, it was good last week, wasn't it? Yeah, they're outstanding, as good as we've had for a long, long time. When you get those three-year-olds that can go wait for age against the older horses, they stand themselves, like I was sitting there with the wolf pack on Saturday in the shed and Power S came on and I said, well, she's a good thing because she beat the older horses at County, sharp and smart, sat three wide and beat the older horses at Tarapa. They're special three-year-olds that can do that, you know. Um, and we've just got a crop of them, mate. Yeah, they're, they're just phenomenal horses. Well, mate, how's, uh, everyone wants to know how Cinerama's doing with the Tarsino foal. Is she travelling okay? Yeah, mate, she's uh, she's big as a bull. She's happy and starting to change shape like they all do when they get pregnant, boys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we've got to pick a stallion for her next year and, you know, I don't know what V Prosy is going to be, but I'm sort of leaning towards that, Kempe. Um, we got a bit of money in the bin and she deserves a crack at a good horse and he's flying that horse, so... Um, I don't think John's put up his price this year, but uh, if you know him well enough, Kimby, see if you can get a deal done. I know, okay? and, and I know you, well. You'll get a deal done for us. I can't wait for that one. Jeez, look, Louis jumping. He's jumping off the ceiling when you said that. Um, just tell us your thoughts, Al, because this is this is a really interesting one. We we listened to Roger talk two days ago about Sharp and Smart drawing seventeen. Is that horse that good that it could like go to sleep in seventeen and still win? I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. When you sit, like I just said to you boys, you sit three wide in, a, in an older weight for age race and still have the audacity to win, you've actually got a fair bit on your three-year-old opposition. So um, I think he can. Um, he's a super horse that by all accounts. He's presented magnificent at the plane the other day, someone said. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to see him put his hand up. Then we've, uh, we've got the Aussies crying a bit, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we love seeing them having a wee wind across the ditch. Al, anything in your stable that we can get excited about in the future? Uh, I got one for the Valors. It gave it its first jump out the other day, a Piero, um, Piero filly, yeah, an Aussie bred filly, and um, it gave them a shellac, and I don't know what it beat, but it, it appears to be quite a smart filly. It's only a two-year-old. Out of a no Riley man, that's all I can tell you. Um, do I own that one, Al? Who? <laughs> do do who? I own that one? Oh, who? No, no, Sir Peter owns it, and you're not going to get a share in that one, Mac. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Al, just. Anything else? Just, yeah, I know where, no, I know where he's going with that one. Don't say anything, Al. Yeah, but there's a Bellardo horse that won a trial. Um, he goes pretty good. But uh, he could find himself his way to Hong Kong. But yeah, there are a couple of horses to watch. What do you, hey, Al, give us your thoughts on um, Razor getting the, getting the All Blacks job. I think it was a logical choice. Yeah, when you got a record that good, Mac, you should get the job, shouldn't you? He's won seven championships, isn't it? Um, he's a bit different to the old school coaches, but I think they they. They, they play for him, mate, you know, like he can have a substandard game and then when he pushes the button, he can lift them, you know. So, yeah, I, I think he's the right man for the job. Yeah, and uh, talking about the right man for, me, for the job, have you heard from your brother? 
mate, he's got us some more money coming, so that's good. No, I'm a bit like you, Mac. We don't see him. He must be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Dan. wolf back away to see him, I can tell you. But oh. he, he gets very nervous when the, the bottles come out. Apparently, he's, he's, apparently he's on an NDA, mate. He's, uh, he's not allowed to discuss anything with us, the boys. So we haven't heard – I haven't heard from you. haven't heard from him. We'll try and give him a call later on. Thanks for joining us this morning, Al. Uh, get back out in the gap, make the tea for the boys, and say hello to them all. No worries. Good to hear from you, boys. Okay. There you Cheers, go. Al. He's, it's quite funny, eh? So he's, he's brothers with well, Bruce Sherrick and still no information trickling through. But he sounded excited about that new partnership with Entain, Kempi. And it's good, isn't it? Like, obviously the big change is, is some more stakes money for these for these trainers. And, and as owners, you want to be able to keep your horses here. I've just become a recent owner and you'd love to see your horse racing in New Zealand, but the stakes just don't compare. If we can get that stakes money up a little bit more, Wow, a lot more. You bring, it, you, bring it, you bring it home. Big. You bring Punga yeah, home. You, you, yeah, you bring your horses home, and then we won't have to send our big horses over. Like you want to see them competing over in Australia against the, the best that, that Australia have to offer, and getting it over the top of them is even better. But encouraging more ownership to be staying in New Zealand with our trainers, because you, know, you think Al Sharrock, he's got a small stable, but he's still competitive. Oh, imagine that, like a, a Al Sharrock. Like, he has the capacity to go further and have more more horses in a stable is that something he's not keen on Kempi? Uh, he he actually thought about moving away a, a few years ago we took um, our good horse Cowie to Perth and he, he got to see it and he thought well maybe I should move overseas and start training over there but look he's you know near on 60 he's got a really good um, stable of horses down there he's one of the and regarded as one of the best horsemen in New Zealand, um, I think at his age, like he just sits back now and and enjoys producing um, some good horses. I, I took out of that conversation. If you want to back a horse on the weekend, then go to Sumi.